Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've been fourth and fifth and sixth a bunch of times at all kinds of national championships, but I've never podiumed before. Like I really wanted to, you know, I actually learned this from Grayson Murphy. You can't, you can only control certain things. You can't control everything. So it's kind of nice to have like A, B, a, B and C goals. And so my A goal was to win the race. My B goal was to podium and my C goal was to also run really fast. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, I got B and C. Hi, I'm Lauren Hagens. I am a long-distance uh, professional runner who is sponsored by Hoka NAZ Elite and trains in Flagstaff, Arizona. Women's running. running, running. Women's running, running stories. stories. Yes, in this episode, we are featuring Lauren, and you may know her better as Lauren Paquette. She has changed her name back to Lauren Higgins, so you can expect to hear her referred to by that name going forward. And welcome to Women's Running Stories. We're a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I am Cherie Louise Turner, your host and producer. In this episode, we're doing something slightly different in that we are mostly honing in on one event. I was really excited about the recent U.S. ATF Half Marathon National Championship that just took place last weekend on Sunday, February 26th, and Lauren was key to how that race played out. She did finish a very close second place to her teammate, Alephine Tilliamook, to land her first podium finish at a national championship, so congratulations to Lauren on that. And I was just really excited to get the inside scoop on how everything went down. Lauren also goes into a little bit about why she wasn't racing last year, what was going on there, and why she's looking forward to this year. If you aren't super familiar with Lauren's racing career, just know that she has been a top competitor for a long, long time at various distances. The half marathon is the longest distance that she has raced to date, but stick around till the end. You'll hear how that's about to change pretty soon here. And she has been a member of the NAZ Hoka Elite Team out of Flagstaff, Arizona since January 2020. And speaking of that team, Lauren does mention another one of her teammates that went through a name change. You may know her as Paige Stoner, and now she is Paige Wood. So let's get to it. Lauren starts off by giving us a little insight into what was going on last year that was keeping her from racing, and then she's going to tell us all about the half marathon. Here's Lauren. This year, I'm really excited about because last year I was injured 
for about 10 months of the year and really wasn't getting to race. And I love to race. And so I've really just been this year in 2023, just focusing on getting back into high level racing. I felt so rusty after last year that I've just been trying to not worry too much about outcome, but just focusing on just getting to races, feeling healthy and excited and grateful to be back on the starting line. I have a neural, it's like really just like really bad sciatica. So I have like a neural, I guess, disorder, you would call it. Yeah, like it just took me out of everything last year and caused all these problems like muscularly for me. And I think what was so hard about it is I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me for a while. I kept getting misdiagnosed and finally figured it out. And then it's actually the treatment is very simple, but you just have to do it every day. (laughs) But, you know, it's hard to know how to fix something when you don't know what's wrong. Um, So once I finally figured that out, you know, like now I'm like, good, but man, I was just so rusty. And so like, and I didn't think that was even a thing for longer distances. It's not like it's the 800, but it is a thing. <laughs> I think, and, and, then, and some of it is just like not being in the competition mindset too, for a while, you know, some of it's just like, oh yeah, this is really hard. And so I had been training really well last fall, but then I got super, super sick with like a sister of the flu virus. And it just kind of like derailed my training for like a month. Um, And so that was November, December. I'd planned on racing Houston half marathon. And then I just decided, my coach and I, Alan Culpepper, and I decided closer to that I just wasn't quite ready for it. And I just wanted to make sure I had all the tools when I actually lined up for a long race like that, that I could could do some damage. And so um, I got over being sick, like, mid-December and it really just been putting in like solid, you know, I mean, the, the new thing now is, you know, threshold, threshold, threshold work. And so that's basically what we've been doing. Um, I haven't really done, spe- I've done a lot of threshold work in the past, but maybe not specifically like what we've been doing lately. But yeah, it's been me and Paige and Alephine doing these kind of workouts together last probably like six weeks. The three of us, at least, we've been doing just a lot of like really high level, like tempo runs, longer, like two mile intervals. And I guess like the last two key workouts for this race that we did was we did a 10 mile tempo up at 7,000 feet, which is my longest tempo um, ever. And I averaged like 536 up there which, um, and it was kind of a cut down tempo where we started pretty conservative for us at 545. And then I got, I was able to cut down to 519 by the end. So it averaged out to be 536. And it's just interesting for different people because this is kind of like sciencey, I guess, but you know, like the reason you train at altitude is to promote like red blood cell production. So you can deliver oxygen to your muscles more efficiently. It just develops your aerobic system, but people, everyone's a little different, but you have a conversion factor down to sea level. So like I kind of have a, a bigger conversion where like if I'm averaging 535, that's pretty much like me running like about 15 seconds a mile quicker at sea level. So like 520. And so that's a good like indicator type workout. And then um, I raced a 10K on the roads 
two weeks before the half marathon championships and ran like a 40 second PR in the 10 K on the road and ran 31 52. And, um, that race was kind of a setup for the half marathon champs to just run faster than I was going to run at the half champs. That was five of seven pace for 6.2 miles for 10 K. And then I had one more really key workout in between the 10K and a half, and that was four by two miles at this town called Camp Verde, which is lower elevation than Flagstaff. It's about 3,500 feet. And I, I ran 515 pace for four by two miles. And it just felt, it felt hard, but also just like, like comfortably hard. And so, you know, so that's really the kind of work that we do. And we'll do like K repeats or like we'll do some turnover stuff, but it's really just a lot of good, solid aerobic work. And yeah, I mean, the race this past Sunday in Fort Worth, I just was so happy to be out there because I just missed it so much. And I knew that my teammates and I, Alephine, Tuliamic, and um, Paige Wood, had been training really hard. And we have such a good team that, I mean, it's, you know, like you really have to be on (laughs) at all times. But if you're not on a certain day at practice, you have your teammates to help pull you through. And then we're all just in really good shape right now. So I, we had been talking about trying to go one, two, three at the half champs. And I just had a feeling that it was going to kind of come down to me and one of my teammates. <laughs> um, just because I know, like, I don't know, I didn't know what kind of shape anyone, the other ladies ran and everyone is very good. It was a, it wasn't a super in-depth field, but very, very good quality up top. So I didn't know what kind of shape those um, the other athletes were in, but I just knew we were in good shape. So Alan Culpepper met with Alephine and Paige and I the day before the race uh, in the Meat Hotel in Fort Worth and just talked about different scenarios that could possibly happen. And he he kind of told us to stay pretty patient and try to work together and just kind of cover moves through about halfway, which is in this race, it's all through downtown Fort Worth um, and you run through the the cattle stockyards and it's cobblestones and who that part was painful <laughs> actually. But yeah, like that's about halfway. And he said, after that, you can kind of start racing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But what happened is, you know, you like you have your instructions from your coach and kind of, but I think as an athlete, you kind of also, you get into a race and you can kind of sense other people's confidence or fear or what have you. I do much better at races if I can just stay relaxed and kind of, you know, calm and collected, but like I can smile a little bit and I'm not so nervous and I actually really wasn't like super nervous for this race, I think because I felt so prepared and just excited and grateful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of like, I warmed up with Paige and our friend from Flagstaff, Katja Goldring, and um, just very light and chill. And, you know, um, I try, honestly, I try not to think about too much. <laughs> 
before the race. Cause like I do tend to also be an overthinker and I just think for me, it's better to just not think as much as possible. And I'm kind of just looking for like, you know, I go through my familiar warm up routine and then when I get to races, I'm kind of looking for like a feeling or more of a rhythm versus like exactness, I guess. Yeah, I just felt very at peace that morning. And um, we got in the race. The first mile is pretty friendly. It's pretty downhill. But we we hit 515 for the first mile and I was in the lead. And I just felt really comfortable at that pace. And I kind of felt some resistance from the field around me. And so I just made a decision right at mile one to just kind of keep that pace. Um, Cause I just, sometimes, you know, you can kind of sense like athletes are like hesitant to that's too fast or, you know, like worried about blowing up later, but I just, we'd been training around that pace and practice. So I, I felt comfortable with it. And I just think like, I'm just, we're just really fit right now. So instead of just trying to hang back and like sit with everybody, I just decided that I was going to just try to keep that pace. And then see you came with me and I'm not surprised at all that Alethine came with me. So, you know, we were basically just like probably through like nine miles. I think we were somewhere we between like five ten to five fifteen. We didn't go any slower than that. But then a uh, mile four, we did drop a five oh three. Which, uh, whoops, yeah, was not that was not intentional. But um, yeah, we were just kind of in a groove and just kind of running together. But I mean, I did lead like the majority of the race. Like she was behind me almost the entire time. I think I turned around and I said, good job a couple times. And then I think she like said, oh, sorry for clipping me a couple times. And that was basically it. But there is no really talking. I think one, we were running so fast that it was like, we were just trying to focus. But two, I kind of had a feeling that that's what she would do. And, you know, and my thing was like, well, she, that's what she's, she's sitting on me. But um, I think she was like nervous about that race because she hadn't been quite there, like fully in practice yet. And so, um, but Alephine gets in shape very, very quickly. And she also has a huge conversion factor to sea level. So like, and she's such a competitor. You just, even if she doesn't maybe have the best workout, you know, like she's such a gamer, like she'll, she'll be there. And so, I mean, my whole thing was like, well, I'm just going to try to, you know, stay this pace and then hopefully I can run away with it. And that ended up not happening, but, um, you know, it's just, that's just kind of how racing goes. I've had kind of a like a wonky right hip for it seems like months and it's it's pretty manageable now but sometimes it just kind of doesn't feel great and that was kind of bugging me through the whole race and then when we hit there is this monster hill at, <laughs> at mile 10 and I think it's like maybe short at 800 meters but it feels like oh my gosh like a mile long. it's like so it's just gradual and like steep enough that it makes a difference and so we got to the top of that hill and my right hip just kind of was feeling pretty cranky. And then I think, you know, Alephine, again, like I can sense how other people are feeling. They can sense how I'm feeling. So I think she smelled blood. <laughs> and then she um, she kind of like right at the top of the hill put in a little surge. And I covered it a little bit, but I wasn't really on her. And then that was pretty much where the race for me was lost was she got about a 10 second lead on me. Cause she kind of just pushed it. And then I pretty much stayed the same pace. 
and then um, fell off a little bit too because uh, on mile 13, because there's another just cruel hill <laughs> at mile 13 when you're so tired. But um, yeah, it was one of those, you know, at that point, it was like, she wasn't getting necessarily like away from me anymore. Like she wasn't opening up a lead, but we were just kind of like running the same pace. I was just behind her. So that's pretty much, you know, I was trying to get her. <laughs> she kept saying like, she kept saying like, I could smell you behind me chomping to the bit. And I'm like, yeah, I know I was because, but I mean, that's racing. And if I'm going to lose, I'm happy to lose to my teammate who was, I mean, the Olympic marathon trials champion. Yeah, so it was it was a really fun, really hard race. And I have to say, like we Alephine and I were talking about afterwards how like that course was just a beast. Like cobblestones, hills, like 90 degree turns, but 80 degree turns, <laughs> like just the camber of the road was off. And I mean it was just it was pretty tough, but like also really fun. Like I, I love road racing. It's so it's so much fun. They had like bands playing and like I don't know. It was cool. But yeah, it does it does sting a little bit to be so close to your first national championship and not get it um, and do so much work for it. So like, yeah, I mean, that stuff. But, you know, that's just like part of racing. It's not like it's not like anyone is going to just hand you one, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was it was definitely good. I think, you know, I had been feeling really rusty and now I, I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I feel like this was a really good step in the right direction because I just thought maybe after last year, like I lost it or like I didn't have the racing instincts anymore. Or, like, you know, I wouldn't get back to where I was. And now it's like, I think I'm okay now. <laughs> and like, I feel like fitness wise, I'm farther ahead than I've ever been. And so like, you know, I'm just trying to do everything I can to just keep myself healthy now. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Like, I just feel very grateful for that reason, too. Like, no, I still have it. Lauren clearly has a lot of fierce racing coming up in her future. And before we move forward, I just wanted to say thank you so much to Lauren for coming on the podcast to share what went down at the half marathon. Congratulations once again to her on her great finish and a really gutsy performance. I'm really looking forward to what comes next for her and her teammates. And speaking of things coming up, I couldn't help but notice that Lauren's blazing time of 109 gets her well under the 112 qualifying standard for the Olympic Trials Marathon, which is coming up next year in Orlando, Florida. So, of course, I had to ask. So I'm going to let her take it from here and close out the episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Women's Running Stories. I am Cherie Turner. I am wishing you healthy, happy strides forward. And here's Lauren to tell us if the marathon is in her future. Yeah, I am planning on, I'll see you in Orlando. I mean, yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to debut in the marathon at grandma's marathon in June on June 17. And, um, I am so excited, but also very, very intimidated right now. <laughs> so I think I just have to like get into some training, but, um, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Like I, I'm just on this team with so many good marathoners and like Alan and Ben Rosario just know how to coach that event. And so I'm really excited to try it. 
It's also just seems so daunting because I've never been there before. It's, you know, way longer than anything I've ever done. I've never even run a 20 mile long run before, but I've kind of been catching the bug the last couple of years just from watching my teammates and like how exciting and rewarding it can be, but also devastating. So it's definitely a little, um, it's a little intimidating right now. Like, I mean, I know for my first half marathon, like at the time I felt the same way about a half as I did about a full, you know, it's like, I've never done this. Uh, workouts are so long. Like what's, what am I doing? But then you just, I think for me, again, it kind of goes ties in with like trying not to overthink as much. Cause I am just a classic, I'm a planner. I'm kind of analytical. I'm also pretty intuitive and I try to like tune into that side of me when I'm racing more than just like thinking too much, but, or maybe having a balance of the two, I would think, because, you know, that's how I kind of was thinking about, you know, that first mile when nobody wanted to go with us, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going. And that's more the analytical side, but then you like turn it, then you just kind of like channel into your more intuitive side where you're just like, I'm just going after a feeling and I'm just going to like instinctually race now, you know? And, um, so I'm kind of trying to approach the full with the same kind of curiosity as I did for my first half where it's like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to count out that something amazing could happen too. And then I'm sure I might have a moment of like panic somewhere in there. (laughs) Like I'm really doing this, (laughs) but yeah, like I think hopefully, you know, like I'll have like all my teammates around me they can just be like, Lauren, like we all, this is the rite of passage. Like we've all kind of felt this way before for our first ones. And even every time you do it, because you're not guaranteed anything in a marathon, really. So yeah, so that's kind of the attitude I'm bringing into it. Women's running, running, running. Women's running stories. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.